Nyata, hello. It's Alison here from a church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. And I have a confession to make. For a pastor, it's a biggie, and it's this. I don't know where the church is headed. When Sanctuary began, we had all sorts of notions and we tried all sorts of things. But then the pandemic hit, and two years of lockdowns, a third of our life together, blew everything out of the water. Now lockdown's over and even though we can meet in person again, everything has changed. Regulars have disappeared, newbies have turned up, and geography has become less relevant than ever. We have people worshipping on Zoom with us who live a thousand k's away. People seeking counsel from all over the state. Locals who've lost the rhythm of regular gatherings, children and teens who have been forever changed by the pandemic, and a rolling population of sick people. However we meet, in person or online, attendance is languishing, and any sense of momentum is long gone. And I find myself wondering more and more, what is church? What is my role? Where are we headed? And I don't know the answers. If the pandemic taught me anything, it was this. Hold everything lightly, because it's going to be scuppered anyway. So right now I have no five-year plan, no corporate mission statement, no clear goals. I can't even say with confidence what church will look like in three months' time, let alone five years, although I assume some combination of Zoom and face-to-face gatherings. But I do know this. We're not going back to how things were. Those times are gone. And as much as people like to pretend otherwise, this is as true for the wider church in the West as it is for the people of Sanctuary. Some years ago now, the theologian Phyllis Tickle came up with a wonderful metaphor. She wrote that once every 500 years or so, the church has an enormous garage sale where it clears out the attics and chucks out all the out-of-date, useless, harmful and broken stuff. Well, the last time it happened, we called it the Reformation. That was 500 years ago, and we're in the middle of the next one now. And we don't know what's coming, but we do know that many of the forms and habits and privileges and assumptions of the institutional church are headed for the dumpster. Now, of course, there's lots of kicking and screaming from those who love the pews and are clinging to the clutter and who are trying to protect the skeletons in the closet and the patriarchy and Aunt Mabel's ugly tea set. But others of us know that the clean-out is long overdue. In fact, it can't happen fast enough for us. Over the years, as I've reflected on this great paradigm shift that's happening all around us, I've often thought of sanctuary as a bridge. That is, we are a gathering of people who could no longer tolerate the old, or who had been shown the door by more traditional churches. Some of us are autistic, some of us are LGBTIQ or A, or plus, and most of us are questioners or seekers or doubters to some extent, unable to accept the arrogance of Christendom, or the certainties of the past. 
As a body, we reject many of the assumptions that much of the Western Church still holds. We don't think that the Bible just dropped from the sky. Instead, we believe it's a human response to God. We don't interpret it literally or factually, but metaphorically and relationally. And we don't focus on knowing the right things to get our ticket to the afterlife, but on being transformed in this life now through loving relationship with God. And so the way that we are Christian and our questions and our struggles can seem strange to the wider church. On the other hand, many of the adults in this congregation were shaped and even scarred by more traditional ways and teachings. And so much of what we do is about renegotiation and recovery. So we're not quite free of the old. And we're not quite the new either. Instead, I think of us as a bridge to the new. And perhaps the next generation or the next will forge the new long after we are gone. In other words, we inhabit what we call a liminal space. Limen from the Latin word for threshold. We inhabit a liminal space. And it's only gotten more obvious post-lockdown. It's a space where the old isn't entirely dead and the new hasn't quite arrived. It's a space of thresholds, of crossroads, of not knowing and vulnerability. It's an uncertain, uncomfortable, anxiety-producing space. And as it was for the wilderness-wandering Israelites, there's no clear way ahead. So some leave and others grumble, nagged by questions like, where are we going? And what's the five-year plan? And why can't we go back to how things were? And why are we still eating this stupid old bread? In such a space, the temptation for leaders is to act too quickly, to cast a clear vision and outline a 10-point plan and then go galloping off in the wrong direction. And as a pastor, this approach can look pretty attractive because then I'd look like a competent leader who is doing something. Galvanising the people, collecting contributions, constructing a golden calf, making God simpler and making it easier to worship the wrong things in convenient ways. And so, despite the temptations, I think it's more faithful and more long-term fruitful to sit in the liminal space looking a bit useless, just relying on the Bible and the prayers, the gardening, the weeding. Because there is deep wisdom to be found here, the wisdom which emerges from vulnerability and not knowing, the wisdom which brings fullness of life. We meet this wisdom in the book of Proverbs, chapter 8. Doesn't wisdom call? And doesn't understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the doorways, she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all earth's children. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently shall find me. Do you hear that? 
It's not in the arrogance of institutions or the comfort of certainty, but on the mountaintops, at the crossroads, on the thresholds, in the liminal spaces, that Lady Wisdom is to be found. And if we love and seek her, we will find her. Many of you already know this. You have already discovered that wisdom emerges not when things are going well, but in the disruptions, the bleakness, the in-between times. When the marriage has ended and you feel like you've betrayed all your hopes and vows. When the kids have moved out and the house is a shocking echo of emptiness. When someone has died, leaving things hanging unresolved. When the dream has come true and you realise it's a false dream and where the issues are overwhelming but there seems no way forward. When the Christianity of your childhood becomes too small and you wonder if you ever had any faith at all. It's in these liminal spaces where the old has died and the new has not yet emerged, that true wisdom is to be found. This points to the nature of biblical wisdom. Many in the wider church read scripture for information and for right belief, but scripture itself invites us to seek wisdom. This Hebrew concept isn't limited to ideas or the intellect but it includes hand and heart. Biblical wisdom, it's not reduced to information or knowledge or rules or dogma. Instead, she, for it's a she, is a creative and relational expression of the face of God. As we learn from Proverbs, she's the first act of creation and she works beside God as a skilled artisan she is daily God's delight, and she rejoices in God, and in the created order, and in all humanity. And so, in the liminal spaces of life, in the in-between times, those who love and seek wisdom will discover not answers, but a good way to live, a way which is creative and relational, which delights God and which rejoices in God and earth and people. I began by claiming that the old ways have come to an end, both for us and for the wider church. I went on to say that I don't know where we're headed, and I acknowledge that this is a prickly, uncomfortable, even dangerous place to be. Let me now name what I do know. First, even as the institutional church is crumbling and people are leaving in droves, I am confident that we are not called to prop up or defend the institutions or the old ways. The pandemic only made more evident what was already glaringly obvious to many of us, that the old ways and its institutions have not served many folk well and a model which prioritises right belief over relationship, or men over women, or adults over children, or priests over people, or property over justice, or past over God's future, is not Christ-like, nor loving, nor wise. 
Instead, I suggest our call is to love and seek wisdom, and we will find her in the liminal spaces. So let's not be afraid of the crisis, the crossroads, or the not knowing. Let's not avoid the in-between spaces or deny these strange and uncertain times. Instead, let's look around and recognise where we are. And let's pause here. There is no rush. So let's take our time and seek out Lady Wisdom. That is, let's look for her qualities. Let's look for the skill of the artisan and the passion for creation. Let's be attentive to and cherish the earth. And let's be attentive to and cherish all people with the reckless abandon of love. And let us listen for the sound of rejoicing and the cackle of laughter and the thread of song. For these two are the hallmarks of Our Lady. These two will point us on our way. My friends, the old certainties are gone. A new and bigger way is yet to be fully revealed and it will emerge out of liminal space. Whether we're in this space for six months or a lifetime, let's spend our time here in curiosity and even joy. Because, quite frankly, competence is overrated. Certainty is boring. Golden calves are tacky. And dogma is dead. And anyway, despite the discomfort, I can't imagine any place we'd really rather be than to be rejoicing with Lady Wisdom and basking in God's holy delight. Thanks be to the one who dances in all creation, earthmaker, pain-bearer, life-giver. Amen. There's always more to read on our website, that's sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Pequorong people of the Eastern Ma Nation, a land taken by force and never ceded. I pay my respects to Elders past and present. This week, grevilleas are covered with bright red fireworks. Honey eaters are still feasting, but it's freezing cold and wet. The peace of the land be with us all, soggy soil and all. Amen. <laughs>